has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him? How does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. What's he saying here? He's saying, don't just give it lip service. Don't just say something and then not do anything to follow it up with any substance. Verse 19, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now, let's flip over to 1 John 4. In 1 John 4, what should we see? We should see a continuation of this theme. 1 John 4, let's pick back up at verse 9. In this, the love of God was what? Manifested. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the satisfaction for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You know, when I, when I look at this and I see John going right back around to this theme again, and here he does a beautiful job of, of summarizing all the, the love of God that was manifested. Keep in mind, what did he do? He was manifested to take away our sin. That demonstrates the love of God. He, what else did he do? He was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. What does that do? It helps us understand the love of God. He was manifested so that we could differentiate and be able to identify this is a child of God and this is not a child of God. We should be able to make that, that discernment. Listen, I can't make it any simpler. If we have experienced the love of God, then others should see it. It should be evident in our lives. Why? Because we have chosen not to abide in the things of this world. We have chosen not to abide in sin. We have chosen not to abide in those things. We instead are abiding in God, abiding in Christ. Now let's continue. Key point number three. Key point number three is this. John helps us understand what God is doing. He dwells within us. John helps us understand what God is doing. He dwells within us. Let's pick back up. We'll go back to John, 1 John chapter 3. Uh, we'll, we'll be at verse 24, the end of the chapter here. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. In other words, now he who keeps God's commandments abides in Christ and Christ in him. And by this, we know that he, Christ, abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. And then we come to the end of the chapter. Now, remember earlier I said the key word to understanding? The key word here is abide. It's another repeated word that the apostle John uses. He used the word in his gospel account as well. Uh, he said that we are to abide in Jesus. And when we do that, we will bear much fruit. 
So the word abide is not just something like a feeling that we have, or it's not even just belief or having, having faith. It is an active relationship of ongoing dwelling together. Uh, sure, it involves uh, belief. Absolutely, it involves faith. But it is this ongoing relationship, an active relationship of doing life together. If you think of it this way, the word abide, that's your action step. That's the verb. That's the action that we are to do. We are to abide in him, do life together. There is also another word, abode. Now, abode can be a past tense uh, verb as well, but it can also be used as a noun. When we think of it this way, um, I might say something like, welcome to my humble abode. What am I talking about? I'm talking about my, my home, my dwelling place, the place where I live, the place where I abide. Uh, we, we also have the word dwell. Dwell can be a verb. It's the action step. Uh, but it can also be used as a noun. Uh, this, the, not just this is where I dwell, but this is my dwelling. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is my home. So it can be either one of those. So when we think of these words, when we think about abiding, when we think about dwelling, it, it should conjure up this idea of this is, we're doing life together. We're not just seeing each other once a week or hanging out on the weekends or just spending time casually. This is a, an abiding relationship. We are spending uh, time with one another. Uh, when, when Cheryl and I got married, what did we do? We just we made a covenant relationship with one another, uh, and then we begin to abide with one another. In other words, we are now going to do life together. Uh, we we live in the same home because we are we are bound by a covenant relationship to do life together. And the same is true in our relationship with the Lord. We are to abide in Him and do life together. And how do we do this? We do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. Look back at verse 24 again. It says, Now he who keeps the commandments of God abides in Christ and Christ in him. And by this we know that Christ abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. In other words, Jesus Christ has sent his Spirit to dwell within us so that we can have this abiding relationship that scripture speaks about. Now let's flip again over to chapter four. Let's pick back up. One of the things that I hope that you've seen this so far, if you haven't seen it, let me point it out to you. Key point number one did what? It focused on God the Father and his immense love for us, God the Father's love. What well, a key point number two, the, the second theme that the apostle John addresses. Key point number two was about what? About him sending God the Son, that Jesus came and he manifested himself toward us. And then the third thing that we see here, uh, we see at verse 24, it is that Jesus sent his spirit, that the Holy Spirit now dwells within us. So we see three themes, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So now as we flip back over to pick up in 1 John chapter 4, what should we see here? We should see the theme of the Holy Spirit again. And that's how we're going to dwell and uh, in, in his, his presence is going to be with us. So let's look. 1 John chapter 4, let's pick back up at verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us 
and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. There it is. He has given us his spirit. Verse 14, and we have seen and testified that the father has sent the son as savior of the world. And whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Oh, let me, let me pause there. Let me emphasize the importance of this. Because it's so crucial. If you want to give, you want to give your friends and family the best Christmas gift absolutely possible, then confess that Jesus is the Son of God who came and dwelt among us, that took on flesh and dwelt in our midst. You want to, you want to give the absolute best Christmas gift ever. Don't go another Christmas without knowing that Jesus is the Son of God who came in the flesh to take away our sin, to destroy the works of Satan, and to make us a child of God. Let's look back at verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Oh, what a beautiful picture that we see here. He's wrapped things up so beautifully, uh, reminding us again of the Father's love and that the Father sent the Son and then the, the Son has given us his spirit to abide within us. And then let's wrap things up with the rest of chapter 4. Beginning at verse 17, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar for he does not love his brother whom he has seen. And how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. And then we come to the end of chapter four. If God dwells within us, we will reflect him through our actions. His character, his nature will flow through us. His righteousness will come through us. Not our righteousness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. It's terrible. But he dwells within us so that we can reflect his nature and his character. And that leads me to one last thought. We love him because he first loved us. <laughs>